Hello, and welcome to The Petri Dish, a podcast dedicated to dissecting topics in one delectable dish. I'm your host, Petri, and thank you so much for joining me here for our bonus episode for the month of June dedicated to Pride Month. That's right, in this episode, we'll dissect the history of the gay liberation movement, the history of queer characters in TV and movies, and for our last segment, I sit down with two very special guests to talk about some of our favorite queer icons. It's all coming up next, right here on the Petri Dish, right after this short message from our sponsors. So stay tuned. Let's talk about Anchor, the free app brought to you by Spotify that brings you amazing podcasts like The Petri Dish and many more. Anchor has all the tools you need to record and create your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you to all major podcasting platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And best of all, you can make money from your podcast with no minimal listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app today or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome back to the Pride episode here on the Petri Dish. I am your host, Petri, and I'm so excited to get into this topic with you, dear listeners. For our first segment in this giant episode, I thought we could take a little trip down memory lane, have a little brief history lesson on the history of Pride Month, the history of the Pride Parades, the progression of the gay liberation movement, and a specific night, June 28th, 1969, with the events that happened at the Stonewall Inn in New York. So before we get into it, let me just say that the events that took place that night at Stonewall, many of the stories that we have been told ever since are highly speculative, and frankly, a lot of myths have been put out into the world ever since that night. So I wanted to get the most accurate information and research that I could find. So I went to the New York Times YouTube channel and found a video that interviews people who were there that night and many gay historians who have already done their research and have spent years on this topic. I didn't want to give out any false information. So we're going to use that video as a reference for most of this talk in this segment. If you'd like to go check it out before we get into this talk, go right ahead. We'll see you when you get back. And um, let's get into some history so we have a firm foundation for the rest of our talks. Okay, cool, cool. Let's get into the night of June 28th, 1969, known as the Stonewall Riots. Many people call it an uprising. Many people call it a rebellion. So let's get into what happened that night, because the events of that night led to the gay liberation movement the next year and the first Pride Parade in 1970. So let's get into the events that happened at Stonewall right now. We begin this history lesson in 1969 with the events that took place at the Stonewall Inn. However, the gay rights movement did not start with Stonewall. In fact, history of the fight for gay rights can be traced back as early as 1897 with the first gay rights group led by Magnus Hirschfeld. 
The gay rights movement did change, however, very dramatically in 1969 when an uprising against police in tactical riot gear took place outside of a gay bar called the Stonewall Inn. Many people would call what happened that night a riot, while others who were present that night would call it an uprising or a rebellion. When a group of people threw objects at police officers who were constantly going into queer spaces in tactical riot gear and arresting people for reasons that we would consider today highly ridiculous. For example, in those days, it was illegal for two people of the same sex to even dance together in public. You also had to be wearing three articles of clothing assigned to your sex or you could also be arrested. How they figured out if you were wearing three articles of male or female clothing, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so in order to escape the constant raids by police, queer people found their own places to gather and dance and, and party. These places were usually parks or gay clubs, things like that where they could just hang out, have fun, be themselves without <laughs> police oppression, frankly. Now, the accounts of what took place that night are highly speculative, and no two stories from that night ever match up perfectly. In fact, there are many rumors about that night that are now believed to be factual. One of the first misconceptions from that night was that Stonewall was not this beautiful, gorgeous place where gay people and queer people could escape. In fact, Stonewall was a rundown, mafia-run bar. Another big rumor was that Judy Garland's death was the reason that the gays got upset and started throwing stuff at police officers. In fact, only one news source from 1969, written by a right-wing columnist named Walter Troy Spencer, claims that the uprising was due to the death of the beloved Judy Garland. This trivialized decades of fighting for equality and freedom to the death of one singer. One of the most derived representations of that night comes from the 2015 movie Stonewall, which depicts a white man throwing a brick through a window while shouting gay power. And this is simply not true. In fact, no one knows who threw the first brick at Stonewall. One of the biggest questions that is asked all the time about Stonewall is who threw the first brick? Many claim that it was a group of trans women of color that started the riot, but this is also not true. One of the most persistent myths about that night is that a black trans woman named Marsha P. Johnson was the first person to throw a brick at the police. However, Marsha P. Johnson herself has said in an interview that she was not the first person to throw something at Stonewall. I was uptown. I didn't get downtown until about 2 o'clock because when I got downtown, the place was already on fire and it was a raid already. Some people also claim that Marsha's good friend and fellow trans activist Sylvia Rivera was the one who threw the first brick, but Sylvia had this to say in 2001. I've been given the credit for throwing the first Molotov cocktail, but I always like to correct it. I threw the second one. I did not throw the first one. Many accounts claim that the fight started with an altercation between the police and a gender non-conforming person dressed as a woman and the person being detained screamed at the crowd, what are you doing? Why are you just standing there? Why are you letting them do this to us? And that is rumored to be the reason the uprising started. The riots at Stonewall led to the Gay Liberation Front, which held its first set of pride parades in June of 1970 on the first anniversary of Stonewall in three major cities, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York. The reason we celebrate the events of Stonewall 50 years later is because it represents so much of what the LGBTQ community is still fighting for today, especially the end of transphobia and racism.
So ever since 1970, pride parades have been going on all around the country in the United States, celebrating the fact that we, as gay people, as queer people, as, as trans people, as queer people of color, as any marginalized group under this big umbrella, we were done being taken by the police, being told what we can and cannot do by police in tactical riot gear. Hmm. Similar to today's events? You tell me. While many people claim that pride parades and there's this big gay agenda trying to convert people into queerness, I think that's their defense. Pride is really about just how far we have come as a community. Think about it, in the 60s, you couldn't even dance with someone of the same sex as you without there being questions, without there being a chance that you could get arrested. So many rights that we have today, we take for granted. And I think that's why Pride is such a big celebration every year because in many ways, it's about honoring what has transpired in order for us to have the rights and privileges that we as queer people have today. And that's what I have for us for our brief history lesson on the events that took place at Stonewall and the history of the Pride events. You can check out the YouTube channel for the New York Times and the video, The Stonewall You Know is a Myth, and that's okay. You can check that out on YouTube. You can also check out the podcast, Making Gay History, where there is an interview with Marsha P. Johnson herself. Up next, the history of queer coding and queer baiting in TV and movies, right after this short break. Have you ever wondered what it's like being gay in the heart of the Bible Belt? Have you ever felt like you're the only LGBT person in your whole family? Or have you been looking for something different? If so, check out Out in the Woods, a weekly podcast where your friendly Southern neighborhood host, Jacob, that's me, talks about everything from coming out to finding your tribe, dating, and sometimes even Star Wars. Subscribe today so you don't miss what's coming out of the closet tomorrow. Welcome back to the Pride episode here on the Petri Dish. I'm your host, Petri. For this segment, I wanted to break down and discuss a term known as queer coding, which has also led to a term known as queer baiting in the history of TV and movies and how it has portrayed queer people throughout the decades. There are many resources out there that can help explain and help people understand what queer coding and queer baiting is. Uh, one of the best resources I found on YouTube was the channel known as The Take and their video, Queer Coding Explained, Hidden in Plain Sight. And it really is hidden in plain sight. And we'll get into that right now. The history of queer coding and queer baiting in television and movies. Before we get into the impact of queer coding and queer baiting, let's define these terms. So my definition of queer is pretty much the same one as the one that's in the dictionary. Queer to me is differing in ways from what is deemed, keyword, deemed normal. So that can mean a lot of things. We hear the term these days, genderqueer, which means that someone is not necessarily wanting to conform to what is deemed normal for a certain gender. 
for example. For this discussion, we are defining queer coding as using LGBT plus tropes and stereotypes to allude to a character's sexuality without explicitly confirming the character is in fact queer or frankly representing the LGBT plus community. Queer baiting we are defining as using queer coding to attract a queer audience without there ever being any payoff for that audience and without causing heterosexual audiences to feel uncomfortable at the same time. So now that we have some general definitions for queer coding and queer baiting, let's dissect the history of queer coding and queer baiting in TV and movies and how it is still going on today. In the 1930s, the Hayes Code was a list that censored what could be seen in movies. This included, quote, sex perversion or any inference to it, end quote, which of course was understood to include homosexuality. To subvert and avoid the rules of the Hayes Code system, Hollywood writers and directors used queer coding to present queer characters without actually admitting that they were in fact queer. This led to a vast assortment of stock queer coded characters making their way to the silver screens. One of the first and most commonly used stock queer-coded characters was, and is, frankly, still, the sissy. The sissy character is very effeminate, usually has a limp wrist, loves fashion, you know. An example of an iconic sissy from the 1930s would be Peter Lorre's Joel Cairo in The Maltese Falcon. Many tropes of the sissy are still seen in characters of today's TV and movie screens, like C-3PO from Star Wars, for example. How rude! Am I? Oh. And sometimes these tropes are seen in outwardly queer characters like Kurt from Glee. Latina Eve Harrington. Okay, if you're gonna be gay, you simply must know who that is. The sissy is a classic example of how queer coding started in order to include queer characters in a space and time where queer representation was specifically excluded. Another commonly used queer-coded stock character is the sycophantic servant, usually a villainous sidekick or underling that is a little too into pleasing their superior. A character example in modern times of the sycophantic servant would be LeFou in Beauty and the Beast. And it's not very hard to see why. Quick aside, I have gotten to play LeFou professionally in a regional production of Beauty and the Beast, and it was around the same time as the new live action production of Disney's The Beauty and the Beast came out. And one of the first talks we had was that we could not explicitly make LeFou gay, but he absolutely was very much into hanging out, serving, and being with Gaston in one shape or form. And there was a lot of controversy with Disney's new Beauty and the Beast because they used a lot of queer baiting in saying, hey, there's going to be this very exclusive gay scene in the new Beauty and the Beast, only for it to end up being LeFou dancing with another man and LeFou being a little more sympathetic than he was in the original cartoon. So, whatever. To me, LeFou is gay! The final queer-coded stock character I want to mention is the sadist, a truly evil character whose cruelty carries hints of queerness or psychosexual cruelty. These characters often find twisted pleasure in torturing other characters of the same gender. An example of this could be a Bond villain who takes pleasure in torturing 007, or Ursula from The Little Mermaid, whose demeanor and design were highly influenced by the drag queen Divine. Well, and do I help them? Yes, indeed. These kinds of coded portrayal 
can be quite damaging because it allows us to vaguely correlate villainous acts and being a terrible person with queerness. Frankly, most of the things that straight people see of queer people on TV is them being either villainous or being jokes. And I'm about tired of it, but anyway, we'll get into it. It's it's starting to change. It's starting to change with the turn of the millennium in the last couple decades, especially the last decade. We're finally starting to see normal queer people out in the real world on TVs and movies. But anyway, many of these stock queer characters often flew under the radar of audiences in the Hays Code prior to the events of Stonewall, which led to a huge push in queer representation and freedom from oppression. But the growing influence of the Gay Liberation Front and the Gay Rights Movement didn't break down these stereotypes. In fact, Hollywood took this as a chance to stereotype even more outwardly in the 1990s, because by then audiences could pick up the signs that a character could be queer without being told outright that characters in media could be, in fact, queer. The only difference between the 90s and the 70s was that at this time, a few characters were allowed to actually come out and outwardly express their queerness in some shape or form. Meanwhile, in children's media, queer characters still had to be very hidden. Just take a look at almost every villain from the Disney canon in the 1990s. Starting in the late 80s, out gay man and Broadway lyricist Howard Ashman started to deliberately queer code villains in the Disney canon. The three films he worked on before passing away were The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, and Aladdin. Now, we just brought up two of those movies, but hello, Jafar, come on now. Y'all know he just wanted Jasmine for the power. Y'all know. Anyway. <laughs> Queer coding that we see in later Disney movies can also be very problematic. For example, in Pocahontas, the entire Native American genocide is blamed on one sissified villain. Even in post-2000 Disney movies like Treasure Planet and Wreck-It Ralph, we see questionably queer-coded characters like the sissified man and the butch woman being paired together in relationships. Disney is a great example of how queer-coding can sometimes be good and sometimes be very bad. On one hand, many cases of queer-coding characters can be seen as light-hearted and comedic representation in a positive way, while on the other hand, many forms of queer-coding vilify queer people, and it's still not actual representation, it's just beating around the bush. You know? While at the same time, the narrative that queer people are always evil or just a joke is still being pushed today. In television of the 90s, shows like Frasier embodied the sitcom attitude towards queer people. Frasier was often mistaken for being gay himself because of stereotypes he portrayed. And at one point, he almost wishes he was gay in order to be with a big time hotshot played by Sir Patrick Stewart. I'm afraid I can never really be more than friends. For three weeks on Capri in Bertolucci's villa, change your mind. It's worth a try. At the same time, the show featured both out and closeted gay men, while The Ellen Show was quickly canceled after Ellen DeGeneres came out as gay on the show. I'm gay. <laughs> Meanwhile, Frasier won more Emmys than any other sitcoms just by dancing and skirting around queerness, while never explicitly supporting queerness. It took sitcom successors like Will and Grace, Queer as Folk, and The L Word to finally move past queer coding and portray openly queer characters on television. Today, even more gender norms are being broken down and re-examined, while shows like Modern Family and Queer Eye show outwardly queer people living normal, everyday lives. The assistant, this is Trina. We, we lost our baby in the car and people are judging us. I swear to God, I'm gonna break it! Do not break the window, you'll get glass on her. Sir, please tell your wife to relax. Everything is going to be okay. That's a man. Really? Don't worry, Lily! Lily, daddy's coming for you! 
Now that we have a general idea of the concept of queer coding, let's talk about queer baiting. Like we said before, we're defining queer baiting as hinting at a potential queer romance between characters in order to secure a queer audience without ever delivering on that romance specific enough to alienate a homophobic audience. Some examples include the relationship between Xena Warrior Princess and her sidekick Gabrielle. I love you, Xena. I love you too, Gabrielle. Characters from MTV's Teen Wolf and the relationship between Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. You're a great boyfriend. Okay, that's good. I mean, I always thought I was great. Now Sherlock Holmes is a very lucky man. One of the biggest examples of queer baiting in modern times that I know of is the relationship between Poe and Finn in the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. That's my jacket. No, 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 no. Keep it, it suits you. Disney hyped their queer audience up by making audiences believe that Poe and Finn would eventually become the first out couple in Star Wars canon, only for that to end up not being the case. Queer baiting has become very popular in today's culture, giving straight people a chance to extort queerness without any consequences from straight audiences. Lately, the frustrations of queer people who are tired of queer baiting has led to things like death of the author, which proposes that a creator's intent matters less than the audience's experience or interpretation of the final product. While authors and studios and businesses may not want to explicitly support queer characters, queer fans have taken these characters and created fan fictions and stories of their own, which are often considered just as valid as the stories that were intended. While representation for the queer community is growing in mainstream media, far too many mainstream studios and businesses often back down from representing queer characters explicitly in order to frankly not lose any money in the majority of heterosexual audiences. For example, while many characters and superheroes or villains are openly queer in Marvel Comics, mainstream movies and studios have yet to outwardly support and represent these characters on the big screens as explicitly queer. At the same time, the past decade has been proving to be one that plans on showing many more forms of queer representation, including shows like Pose and Legendary, which explicitly represent the experiences of queer and trans people of color. And that has been a brief history on queer coding and queer baiting. Up next, I sit down with two of my favorite people and two very special guests about some of our favorite queer icons. It's coming up next right here on The Petri Dish. Stay tuned. <laughs> here we go. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pride episode here on the Petri Dish. For this segment about queer icons, I have two very special guests with me. The first is a Pisces, a poetic pioneer in the podcasting world and the host of So You Want to Be a Better Ally. It is Size. Hi, Sai. Hey. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Hey, everybody. And my other guest, you have heard on this podcast, if you got the chance to listen to our Star Wars special, which came out in May, he is a Capricorn. He is my friend from the theater world, and he is the host of Out in the Woods. It is my dear friend, Jacob. Say hi, Jacob. Hello. I'm back. <laughs> back, back, back. <laughs> 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 I'd like to say for the record, we're talking about queer icons, but in the at the end of the day, the three of us are future queer icons. Hello. Let's manifest that. Come on. Snap. Snap past, to the past, present, and future. 
Snaps yes. for the kids. Snaps for the kids. I want to. I thank thought you. it was pronounced the Piter dish this whole time. Secretly the Petraea dish, the Peter dish. Petraea. Petraea. That's the one I've heard. You need to call I'm it like, trade. Hey. <laughs> the dream. Petraea okay. was the one. Anyway, right. I want to thank you both so much for joining me for this Pride episode. I'm so glad to have you both. Sigh for the first time, Jacob. I'm so glad to have you back again. I wanted to break down this segment of queer icons into three categories in order to keep us kind of kind of on a, 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 an outline, if you will. First category, heroes and villains. Second Ooh. category, I didn't have a fancy name, but I just said TV and movies. And then third is just going to be our favorite um, queer artists, musicians, people like that. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Our friend Sai has us set up with all the gizmos and sound effects we will ever need. Amen. Yes. Please check out his podcast so you want to be a better ally to get the full drama of this man's artistry. Amen. Y'all listen, America. Yeah. We've been done told y'all <laughs> on my podcast too, y'all. Y'all can yes. listen to Outlaw Boys. So I've been <laughs> also, on there. <laughs> also go to Jacob's podcast. I will make sure to plug their podcast as many times as I, <laughs> I can remember to do. <laughs> How many chances will I give you before he snaps? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll find oh. out. <laughs> His, he has brought my stress level so much farther down because I'm just ready for these random sound effects to come. I'm so excited. I'm so oh, excited. Amen, honey. We're, also, <laughs> we're also recording this through video, which I've never done before. So if you are somehow seeing this on video, I don't know where it's going to show up <laughs> via video, but we may make a YouTube channel or something. We, oh, that know. would be fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. Do we want to introduce Petrie Show on our own too? <laughs> Can we introduce Petrie Show on Petrie Show? <laughs> if you want, go ahead. Jacob introduced Petri Show on Petri's. <laughs> so it doesn't look like I colonized it. Oh my god! <laughs> Hi, this is your friendly neighborhood host Jacob, and you're listening to the Petri Dish. Ooh, ooh. Oh, and oh. this is by your other neighborhood podcaster from So You Want to Be a Better Ally. Also, sing Welcome to the Petri Dish. Hey, 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 hey. out here, baby. And our DJ tonight is the one and only Cy. Woo. <laughs> all right, okay, we won't go over all that again anyway. <laughs> Cameron Petrie, it's my sleep paralysis demon. Oh my goodness. Right, because you didn't have enough anxiety. Now I'm just giving you 15 minutes of non-reasonable stimulation. All stimulation. The definition of, what's it called? When it's just stimulation, but you don't the end. Oh no. And Mia, I don't know. No, it's the thing. It's like on Y'all trying it. Y'all it right now. Trying it. Uh, this is for your ears, America. None of this, and y'all know. <laughs> Did you know that was a thing, America? Did y'all know? America, we're in the castle <laughs> right now. Like I'm uh, <laughs> recording this episode in separate <laughs> rooms. Happy Pride. 
Happy Pride. Happy Pride, everybody. There will be Happy kink Pride. at Pride this year, right here in the Peach. Oh my dish. <laughs> yes, we did. We're going to find out what's in that dish for real. We got a UV light. Um, we got a microscope. <laughs> we can find all the germs, okay? I can't wait for y'all to listen to all these beep, beep. <laughs> I should have gotten a damn little, uh, what's it called? The, when the censorship people come. And they bleep. We should have had that. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you keep your, you know, you keep your mouth clean. So it's like you got to see It's not because I'm a prude or anything. Like people know I've said things before, but I try to get my 60 year old parents to listen to this every now and then. So I try to keep it at a PG thirteen. No, we all have a demographic. We all have a demographic. <laughs> right. Mine is just whoever whoever will give it the time of day. So you know, me and Cameron had like a whole conversation after the Star Wars episode because I was like. You cut so much. And I didn't even mean to. It was purely an accident. Like, I meant to cut one thing, and I ended up cutting, like, a whole segment on the Clone Wars. And I was like, I already saved this, and I did it on accident. Well, I was going to say, well, here we... No, literally, relatable. <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Sai. Okay. <laughs> now that we have definitely gotten out of all of our giggles, of course we have not, but... Are you guys ready to talk about some queer icons? Yes. <laughs> yes. Are you yes. ready to be legendary? Legendary. Legend. So you want to be a statement or a star? <laughs> okay. I've been. I've been. Yeah. Get. I've been going through season two of Legendary, but we'll we'll talk. We'll talk. We'll get it to. Oh yeah, because that was going to be on my list tonight. But anyway. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Okay. So first so category. Category, category is <laughs> superheroes. Oh, heroes. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go for it. Category is <laughs> heroes and villains, villains, villains. Some of our favorite queer superheroes, regular heroes, some of our favorite villains. Who do we worship in the world of heroes and villains? I think I like to start where in the obvious uh, genre, which is Disney villains. Is that a good place to start, mm, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are some of our favorite queer icons in the Disney villain realm? I'm going to do a segment later. I haven't done it yet at the time of this recording, but when you hear it all together, it'll be before this. But I'm going to do a whole segment on queer coding and queer baiting in TV and movies. Ooh. And you can definitely get into how pretty much most of, if not all, Disney villains, at least in the 90s, were heavily queer coded, I would mm. think. No, they were definitely one hundred percent. Disney was afraid of gay men. Gay men in <laughs> all these little white girls' lives. <laughs> gay men, gay, gay men killed Mufasa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> gay men True. almost married Jasmine, but just to have her, not to have sex, just to have her because mm -hmm. she was property, right? <laughs> right. Gay men almost. Uh, no, well, we could go on, but anyway. you name your son Jafar, he gonna be gay. Yeah, <laughs> Jafar was one of those that seeing him at such a young age just prance around all majestic and frivolous, and it was it was definitely one of those characters that <laughs> open your eyes. The harem <laughs> pants, Jafar wore harem <laughs> pants and lace and like silk, like honey. We know, yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I feel like Jafar was kind of like the prototype for Professor Snape. Mm -hmm. I can see he that. He had the deep, the giant head, literally the nose, right? Like he was afraid to throat the lion head to get the lamp. He was like, ew, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Oh no, we're not in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> On a similar vein, but a different vein from Bajar. The bulging. Bajar. Bajarna. Bajar. I love Bajar. I don't know how my brain scrambled all that, but I was trying to get to Ursula, is who I was trying oh, to. Oh, yes, which is. It's based off of a queer icon that I want to talk about later on. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. I know who you're talking about, but yes, yes. we can bring them up indeed. later if you like. Yes, indeed. Um, Rosie O'Donnell. Ursula. Diva. Right. Rondon. Just... So when she, something queer awoke in me as a child when I saw Ursula pick up that shrimp, squeeze its little head, pop it off, and then use it as lipstick, Mm. baby, baby, moment, moment, I was like, huh, mama, where's your lipstick? Is it shaped like a shrimp? Come on now. (laughs) Legend. Legend. (laughs) Also, watching Little Mermaid, I used to do this thing as a kid where I would put my mom's house coat up to my waist and whenever, like, she was the mermaid, I would get my mom to tie the end so I would have, like, a mermaid tail. But then when she transformed, I'd take it off <laughs> so that I would have legs, too. Lovely. And, yeah. So Love it was it. a surprise. It was just a surprise for everyone when I came out, you know. Um. <laughs> so surprising. <laughs> I had um, pretty much all the Disney princesses uh, Barbie dolls when I was a kid. And uh, they had no clothes on most of the time. Not, not sure why. And then I just like drug them around by the hair. I also had those uh, those uh, wind up fairies that flew up and down. Yes, the drama. My parents were also very surprised when I came out. Wait, wait, the sky dancers? Were you just like? Yes. Yeah, is that what they were called? Yeah. Where you just you actually got those like the, ones, the commercials with the little yeah. like they're the Barbies, but they fly, they like twirl down. Surprisingly, I got all that. I mean, granted, I was also wanting like Aquaman action figures and Star Wars action figures, so like I was just that kid that was really into everything. Okay, I I, you were very bi in the beginning. I never, <laughs> yeah. I never, I never had a real sky dancer, but I did have the McDonald's toy version of a sky mm. dancer. That, that part, if I wasn't getting it through McDonald's, then I'm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's also where I got my Tamagotchi. So, amen, amen. Though, because you know, it's like if I knew mom wasn't gonna get it for me, I was like, well, we gotta go to McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. A, a bitch need to collect. Do they want a girl toy or a boy toy? Pause. A girl toy. <laughs> because there I have t- a boy toy and I'm trying to collect them all. Exactly. There were times where I was like, I don't want to pick one or the other. Just give me all of them. <laughs> give me, give me more. Give me more. Free Britney. Anyway. Yes. yes another icon we'll talk about today. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Wait, Any we other? We're talking about Disney. <laughs> Disney queer. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm ready for the tangents. I'm ready for the side okay. sidebars. Okay, so I recently okay on this on this topic. I recently watched Cruella. Okay, I went and saw it in the theaters. It was really good, actually. You know, I'm not one for Disney schlock, but you know what? I was like, I'll go see it. And so, um, very delicious, delicious movie. The drama, the sass. The intrigue, it was all there. And Cruella DeVille was my favorite um, Disney villain growing up. Um, nice. So she's very queer. I mean, 
I would venture to say, you know, even though she, she herself never really expressed a sexuality, so the argument could be made that, you know, Cruella de Vil is actually just an iconic asexual. Yeah. Who is stylish and is, you know, a fruit fly, you know, at the end of the day. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, Glenn Close as Cruella de Vil, man. Yes. Set me up as a kid. Yes. <laughs> what yes. it set me up for, but loved watching 101 Dalmatians all the time as a kid. <laughs> Same. Some <sighs> other some other iconic queer icons in the Disney villain realm. Um would Scar. we say Scar? That's that's my next one. Scar. Not say Scar yet. What was that, Jacob? I said I never queer I never queer coded Scar. I really? I guess I haven't seen the movie in so long. Mm. I guess I guess that he is so deliciously and, you know, he finds what he's doing so delicious and he is so flamboyant that, yes, he could be. I mean, I think there was an argument made that Timon and Pumbaa were also like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I I ran into talks about Timon, to Pumbaa, Timon and to Pumbaa. Timon and Pumbaa when I was, yeah, when I was reading to Pumbaa. Like, what was that movie with uh, Paul Rudd and Siegel... Uh, I love you, man. I love like, you, man. Like yeah. First mm. romance. Like that's Tamount. That's Tapumba. That's like, Tapumba. 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 What do you want me to do? Dress and drag and do the Huma? What's the saying? What do you want to do? Dress and drag and do the Huma? Fucking Nathan Lane like voices Timon as well. So oh, right. It's like, okay, okay. Like how many ironically though, you know, Jeremy Irons, who played the voice of Scar had made some mm. uh, controversial statements about gay marriage. Although, yeah. honestly, honestly, seeing Jeremy Irons, it, this is this is pertinent kind of to the topic. It's not Disney villains, but uh, Jeremy Irons did a great job playing Ozymandias uh, in the HBO Watchmen series. Did a Ooh. really, really fantastic uh, job. That is on yes. my list. Yes. That is on my list as well. No, I thought Scar was just magnificent. Quid pro quo, you're expected to bring <laughs> certain duties on board. I mean, come on now. If that the hasn't been on anybody. Yes. I, my vocabulary, it, like, my mom loved me watching all that shit as a kid because she was just like, my baby sounds so smart when he talks to people. <laughs> I know the truth. But my baby sounds so smart when he talks to people. He a little um, sweet, but he's got a great vocabulary. Any other Disney villains in particular that we want to shout out before? Um, or the Boogie Person me... from, I mean, I'm, like, we know we did animated stuff, but Disney original, like, Disney Channel original things also count. So, sure. Like, the Cheetah Girls is manager who was evil and gay. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yes. Shout out. Don't look Ooh. under the bed with the Boogie Person because they were the first trans thing that Disney ever tried to do. Because yes. it's not Boogie Man, it's Boogie Person. Oh. Um who rhymes he rhymes they rhyme i mean they rhyme the whole movie mm. um and then shout out because oh boy like todrick hall 1.0 oh <laughs> <laughs> um oh i can't remember in don't look under the bed but also who was ren stevens's like antagonist her rival yes. in the even stevens y'all yes. remember him oh what is his name jesus come to come in come on somebody look it up Look it up, Peachy. You the host. Oh no! <laughs> Come on, child. Google it. Jujule it. Jujule it. Just jujule it. What am I jujuling? You're jujuling Ren Steve. No, you're jujuling Larry from Don't Look Under the Bed. 
from Don't Look Under the Bed. Uh, Ty Hodges? Yes. Yes. Okay, so you don't remember like the Evens? Did you watch the Evens? No, because you didn't have cable. I was so sheltered. We had we had yeah. Disney and Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, maybe for six months, and then my parents were like, "This oh, is yeah. wicked. This is wicked. And we're getting rid of it." So, oh my gosh! If so I get really- quiet, oh, I was just gonna say when whenever someone brings something up, I just sit back and go, "Mm hmm." Mm-hmm. Oh my god! You need a whole it. catching up episode of Disney Channel original movies and TV oh, yeah. shows. <gasps> So really, all we can talk about is animated stuff. <laughs> also, <laughs> all the all the queer coded stuff before you know from the nineties. <laughs> also, Smart House. This is yes! this has not queer anything, but Smart House. My God, I love Smart that house one. Is <laughs> Smart House is queer as hell with that mom and every, you know. But I have oh seen my God, Smart House. Yes. You don't know that. I've seen Smart what? House. There, it was um, in that six months, and then uh, Brink. I got to watch uh, Brink. Oh, okay. Oh my God, Brink. Um. <laughs> Since I'll I'll bring it up again like I did in the last episode I was on, but since Star Wars is owned by Disney now, yes. just to let you know, Sheev Palpatine is a queer icon. Mm-hmm. Emperor Palpatine was all up in I mean, he he wouldn't even procreate with an actual woman. He had himself cloned because he was like, I'm gay as hell. And if I want a clone or if I want a successor, I'm not gonna do this heteronormative bullcrap. I'm <laughs> The most evil, wicked queen in the world. I'm Sheev. I'm I'm Sheev. Also, speaking of queer-coded characters, I would vouch for C-3PO being very queer. Oh, LeFou. LeFou. Yes. Also, Cogsworth. Cogsworth was definitely, definitely. so gay. He was so gay. He was so gay. And if uh, Lumiere wasn't into... um, Miss Lumiere is bisexual. He is French. <laughs> French, yes. Shout out to the French. Shout out to yes. the French. You never saw him smoking a cigarette and looking at both uh, Cogsworth and uh, Madame <laughs> Labouche, like yes. posing new for a painting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He was about fluffy. He liked it fluffy. Lumiere liked him some meat on yeah. the bones. <laughs> oh, girl had a big egg. You know, like, she was Megan the Stallion, but French. <laughs> also, like, I know that Prince Eric, like, got married to Ariel, but he was gay. Look at him. Oh, Look at that man. But you know, I felt he's bad a, a twink. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's talked about enough how big of a gay thing The Little Mermaid is, especially mm, for yes. white gays. It is, like, required watching for white gays. <laughs> oh, you know my favorite was the little mermaid i'm like why does that just ring true right is that like, you know like why is this part of your very being right ever since hans christian anderson who's gay himself wrote the dang mm. thing about a male lover you know also you were the three were the three fairies okay but were the three fairies from sleeping beauty i feel like they were just three lesbian housemates that's i feel like they were all that's like, a queer setup that's totally i definitely queer, think you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What's his name from Pocahontas? Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, oh. I meant to bring him up. What is his name? What is his name? Was that Sir Walter Raleigh? Were they just depicting Sir? No. 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 He had some French name, didn't he, or something? I can't Pocahontas. remember. And there was like this very gay moment where like his assistant was like shining his shoes like better, harder, rub it harder. You know, like. Pocahontas was like not even one of the ones that I saw. So, really? Oh, yeah, I've never seen Pocahontas. Well, that's about right. Look where y'all grew up. I know, but okay, but okay. On this, to show you this little 
little brown women say white people are dangerous. Right. Exactly. But here's the thing. 90s queer Disney movies. Oh, my God. It was on the tip of my tongue. And I just. Is this a movie or a person? It It was a well, it was a person. It was a person in a Disney. Oh, Mulan. Come on now. That definitely. Definitely. I mean, even though it was a disguise and everything, it still made you think like, what? Why? Like. Why was he so offended that she was a woman the whole time, even though they had formed like such a close bond? Mm. Mm. As I've said a lot on this podcast, who knows? (laughs) My sister watched my uh, WandaVision episode and she's like, you said who knows a lot. Because I I was trying to like tell you what was going on without literally dying. Right. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So. She listened. She listened. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know, Ooh, shout out to the ready. sister. Yeah, because I, I don't know if she'll listen to this episode, but okay. Well, well you know what? <laughs> after what y'all after what y'all laid out for all <laughs> in this out. delectable dish, <laughs> delectable laid out. I also how, wanted. Go ahead, Jacob. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, how could we not? How could we blame Lafou for being so attracted to Gaston specifically after he pulls off like his shirt and there's just all of that hair that you Listen. just want to fall in? Mask abusive, hairy chest unrealistic oh yeah let's talk about how that shaped a lot of america anyway mm-hmm. don't get me on you can't oh. you can't have a gra- <laughs> you can't have a growler account if you don't meet at least three of those criteria so <laughs> <laughs> i had a growler account at one point that's fine i still uh, have one i never check it what's t what was in that dish oh i'm sorry let's get to the next thing here that was that was college happily married america <laughs> <laughs> married. he's good now much, but you know yeah. common law yeah. <laughs> he said it's okay <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh this is not a disney character but uh, from Cartoon Network, I wanted to shout out um, him from Powerpuff Girls. Oh, was, yes. I was going Icon. to bring up him. Icon. Yes. Iconic. Icon. Iconic. Just being a kid and not understanding, you know, really what you're seeing, he just set a lot yes. of kids up to get it from the jump. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He like, is the inventor that and also- yes. yes. Oh yeah, I do a him voice all the time. Whenever I like, I'll go up to behind a coworker and I'm like, "How are you doing today?" You know, like <laughs> just like little literally girl. like little girl. No, like I don't know. There's just something so. I know that him was supposed to be like a villain and and quote unquote scary and everything, and they are scary in a way. But ultimately, I think. I just think the the animators knew what they were doing by also making them dress so sickeningly, just mm-hmm. like literally, it's like drive you crazy. Like him thigh high like, boots. Yes, I'm looking at pictures fishnets. right here. Yes, fishnets. I would want that Powerpuff Girls reboot to be all about the villains because if you clock same, it, like they were the interesting people in that show. Absolutely, and they were all. Like marginalized groups, if you catch the gang, green gang, yes. all Latin, right? Yes. Mojo Jojo was Japanese, yes, and also mm-hmm. a monkey, and also know? a monkey. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Let me also be quite honest. When I was a kid and didn't know any better for a second, 
the Powerpuff Girls came out around the same time as like the Gorillas. Whenever like the Gorillas came on the scene, so whenever I saw the Gang Green Gang, I was like, "Is that the Gorillas?" <laughs> <laughs> but they yeah. were like you know. aesthetic, so fair, fair, nice, nice. In the in the realm of uh, animation, I want to uh, highlight characters from Marvel and DC. Um, okay, the X Men okay. in particular. Yeah, Mister yeah. Sinister. Are we going? Are we still on villains? Yes, please, please lay it on us, Sai. All of your favorite sinister. Yes, just so sinister. I mean, just yeah, like how he just openly gay now. Yeah. yeah, just how he just finds pleasure and just make I, everyone. I lo- I love how they turned Black Mask uh, into a gay character in the Birds of Prey movie. I honestly, I did not like the Birds of Prey movie except for Margot Robbie and Ewan McGregor as as a uh, black mass because he was so deliciously just like he was such an evil queen i loved it i loved it oh i love the birds of prey movie so much oh it was so it was everything i wanted but didn't like i, I had low expectations don't call me i'm not of Charles course Dickens, of course but <laughs> you know because they hadn't done anything so you know but like i it was just fun and i'm not really i'm not like a what's her name harley quinn fan like truly but that was a good like that was a great use of her yes and like her prop like it was just i liked it i was also going to say harley quinn and poison ivy have That's had it. yeah i was gonna say have had relationships in certain comics in the past and they oh, yeah. made it canon i do believe i think so too i'm not as uh up with my DC knowledge as I am with my Marvel. I'm still trying to catch up on my Marvel knowledge, to be honest. But yes, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, definitely, definitely at least queer coded. You know, Riddler. I'd say a lot of the uh, Batman villains, especially like the Joker, is oh yes, highly queer coded with just his relationship with Batman, like how much he is in love with his rivalry with Batman. Yes, you know? yes. isn't that a statement? Now that you think about it. Like the Powerpuff Girl villains, the Batman villain, like just the Disney villains. villains. Yes. Like what you're trying to say. Well, I, you know, absolutely. And I think I want to talk about that in my queer coding. Oh, um, wait. Yeah. 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 yeah, Segment. Because Mm -hmm. that's the only way that a lot of uh, queer representation has been seen for most of the history of queer characters in TV and movies was either a villain to to show queerness as evil or highly comedic. You know what I mean? So and we're just yeah. Yes. And yeah we're just, no. and we're just now slowly getting into in this in this millennium in the in the past decade or so we've been slowly getting into more just clear representation. You want to talk about Star Wars and uh queer coding and queer baiting. Um what were their names? Poe and Finn. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I feel I, like we talked about that at the end too on our episode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I definitely want to highlight them as a as a big uh, representation of queer baiting. Yes. Where, you know, you you uh, set the audience up to think that this relationship is going to happen and then they don't. There's just, just to keep everyone satisfied, you know, keep your queer audience, you know, in tune. But but what sucks about that, too, is that if you try to label it as queer baiting, then at the same time, the argument could be made that, well, shouldn't we eliminate toxic masculinity and mm. allow heterosexual men to have close, open, loving relationships like Poe and Finn have, which is absolutely true and valid, but I feel like they was I feel like they was doing more. I feel like they was <laughs> Han hadn't already had it. 
<laughs> True. Yeah. 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 No, I, I definitely already agree. had a bunch of hetero, like, oh, they're best boys, friendship. Luke and Han, Obi Wan yeah. and Anakin. Like, yes. Come on. And nobody ever, I was like, okay, but we can't have Poe and Finn. Poe and Finn, like, he was all about it. They no, keep, keep my jacket. It suits you. It looks good on you. If I, like, I'm like, um, come on. Han Solo would never. Obi-Wan and Anakin were brothers, but Poe and Finn were like, oh, no, you look good. <laughs> but but I ab- yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Jacob, that it does bring up the point of we should be able to represent heterosexual men having these kind of romantic relationships, not romantic, um, platonic relationships with fellow men as well. You know, yes, then find them. <laughs> Correct. They can have nice relationships with their actual heterosexual like love interests. Like mm-hmm. so much of that is toxic, right? right. I so, uh, I was gonna say I recently had a, a heterosexual man and his girlfriend approach me in a bar, and the whole time I didn't trust any of it because he was like, "I just want to be your friend," and I was like, "You want a unicorn? <laughs> I know exactly what you want. You're not you're not over here dancing with this gay man while your girlfriend watches and eggs you on for nothing. I know mm-hmm. what you want. Goodness." Goodness. Well, on that, let's uh, move on. Let's see. Have any last minute? Um, I do want to shout out uh, Wiccan and Hulkling from Marvel. I am currently reading the Young Avengers uh, comics, so I'm not finished with their story yet. But I know eventually they'll get married. Spoiler alert! But I'm 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 definitely getting to their story. Getting into their Ice Man. I mean, of course, we have Ice Man. I know you mentioned the X Men uh, like overall, but okay. like Ice Man was have, like I our have... first. Okay, but wait, no. Because we, uh, like, anyone who really understood those comps, we all know, even the rapist child molesting person that was Brian Singer, yes, the director yes. of the X-Men films, understood that Angel was the gay one. Yes. Mm. I was going to say Angel. Yeah, I was going to bring up Angel, too. He literally made that a plot point in the third movie. Yeah, where yeah. it was, like, a whole coming out, like, literally, like... And yeah. who still decided, I'm like, queer people didn't decide to out him. Like, that never happened. No one ever wrote in and said, Iceman is the gay one. That was never a thing. Right. right. Iceman. Man who said this. Who said, oh, well, we'll make Iceman gay. Right. It definitely. Also, see- Go ahead. Who's. I'm so sorry, Cameron. No, I keep no. interrupting you. No, no, no. It was fine. I was just going to say, Iceman was definitely one of those characters I was retconned to be gay. Yeah. To, to, I, to, I think, to appease, you know. The queer community. I was going to say, Nightcrawler always struck me as queer, even though I yes. don't think in the comics he is. Yes. Um, he has Petrie storyline. Highly religious, yes. highly gay, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was also going to say, I remember in Days of Future Past, or no, it was a, it was X-Men Apocalypse, when they go to Germany, there were a lot of, there were a lot of queer characters in Apocalypse, like even Storm was a little bit queer in that movie, but like, <laughs> yeah. but like the, specifically there was one that like was in the German underground scene, and I think was his name like Taboo or something like that. Oh my god, what was his name? He had like the flock of seagulls haircut. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. I'm jujuling it. I think I've only Jujuling. seen Apocalypse. <laughs> I think I've only I seen Apocalypse. Apocalypse because it was not worth it, but. Mm. It was not, but you know what? I still, I will still, I still have, 
Dark Phoenix is the only X-Men movie I haven't seen because I'll give them a watch anyway. I feel like not Jean Grey, but the Phoenix was a giant lesbian icon. Uh, (laughs) Rise from the ashes. Caliban. 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 Uh, Yeah. I mean, hold on. Let me let me just show you. Let me just show y'all. He didn't have a flock of seagulls haircut, but like, look at this. If this isn't like, uh, like, come on now. What are you doing at 3 a.m. on grinding? That's it. That's the one. That's that one. It. Caliban's like, don't ask me if I'm a top. You already know the answer. Yeah. Right. Also, shout out to Deadpool. Pansexual is yes. all about. Yes. Yep. Definitely in the movie has a crush on Colossus and just outwardly yep. flamboyant. Oh, and like, thank you, women. Rogue. Mm. Uh, yes. Mississippi yeah. Queen, Rogue from <laughs> Mississippi. We will Ooh. shout her out from the from the rooftops. Are you talking about this? Are you talking about this lady right here? Hey. hey. <laughs> Let me just suck up all of Carol Danvers' super magical, feminine, sexy energy. Oh, my God. If, if you're just listening on the, on, on, uh, on the podcast, if you, can't, if you can't see us, I just picked up my rogue Funko Pop sitting next to my Gambit Funko Pop, my favorite um, X-Men couple. But I'm sure that will change once I find out about some of these queer couples. But anywho. Um, of course. I was, I was just about to say, what was that, what was that side? You know, I was about to say Rogue and Carol, and also Rogue and all her girlfriends and X Men Evolution. Mm-hmm, um, yes. Oh yeah, yeah. They hit it heavy, and that I was like, "Woo!" And then in the cuties navel, <laughs> and then in the Wolverine, um, Wolverine and the X Men after Evolution, she had this this uh, deep connection with Domino. Um, mm-hmm. so. All these little deep connections. <laughs> uh, and I think I. Deep <laughs> Rogue was by. Rogue was by. <laughs> <laughs> to me also speaking of which speaking of rogue uh, i think jacob just mentioned it uh in the background uh mystique also oh um, yes definitely canically queer i think now mm, yes. I believe her so and too. the little future seeing woman future seeing woman yes her <laughs> yeah Destiny. i yeah. read i think i read somewhere while i was doing some research that mystique shape shifted into a biologically male presenting character in order to pregnate uh her girlfriend i was like go there off. we go we love it that's evolution um, i mean claim- <laughs> In the, <laughs> in the realm of Marvel, though, Spider-Man has a lot of queer coding, too. Specifically, mm. the struggle that Spider-Man has with the symbiote. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever, oh, yeah. You know. But then um, I would say that would, that's, that's the, that would be the point for your earlier case, Jacob, of like, shouldn't men just be allowed to have feelings? Well, about okay. them? But later on, you know, when Eddie Brock becomes Venom, you know, I I still have not seen the the Venom movie with Tom Hardy, but I know that they they queer code the hell. I heard that they queer code the hell out of that movie with his relationship. It was Tumblr trash. All that. (laughs) Oh my god, was it was it was it Rule Thirty Four level like? mm. Mm, They they did it like it was like a TikTok movie where they just they (laughs) did it for the. For the fans just to dissect for all we've seen. Like the fans, like online fans are just so goddamn stupid sometimes. It's like they just want to clear code the stupidest, like Pennywise and the Babadook. Remember that? Oh when my that God. Was yes. Online? Yes. Like we don't, like we were just finally getting human representation. Don't take us 50 cents right. back and say Seriously. that we are this demonic energy, right? Mm-hmm. I will say though, I will say though, right. um, uh Miles Morales canonically is bisexual. Okay. I didn't know that. What? I didn't know, I didn't that. know that. 
Was it Miles? Yeah, it's Miles Morales. I'm. Pre- hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold what? on a second. Let me let me check really quick. While you're looking that up, I can say that Loki is now canonically bisexual. Yeah, all of the gods are. Everybody, everybody <laughs> out there listening right now. Everybody out there listening. The Norse Norse paganism is just about getting it where you can, baby. They, they were, were all- <laughs> Loki also f***ed a horse. Like oh I was gonna God. say, I don't really know literally. if I want him to be. Count it like he can, yeah. Thank God he's not gay, so we don't have to always mention him. Um, whatever color he is on the flag, that's y'all, you know. Uh, like, <laughs> like, all right, so like, we're not on board with like, means. like, I believe in the person, I believe in the spirit. Loki, f- the horse, like, y'all, wait, y'all, hold on a second. I just pulled up, I'm on this on a fandom wiki for Marvel, and there's literally a category called bisexual characters. So nice. Um, let's see, Someone Amanda Wagner. Uh, Who is she? Uh, the name sounded familiar. I'm Hold thinking Let me just scroll down to him. Not Wagner. Oh yeah, same. Wagner. But that's is... from DC. Oh okay. I was gonna say because yeah. Kurt Wagner is Nightcrawler. Mag Magneto is bisexual in Joint Venture in X Men Joint Venture. Shout out to Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> right. Uh, who is? Yeah. Otherwise, it's not there. Also, yes, Miles Miles Morales is is confirmed to be <gasps> bisexual. Yeah, in two separate nice. comics. Nice. So, Earth seventeen fourteen and Earth seventy ninety. That's two whole Earths. Oh wait, two different universes. Oh, but those are yes. that's not okay. <laughs> okay, that doesn't count. It's not in the main. I just movie. I just remember there being a lot of controversy whenever it was revealed that mm. Miles Morales was Even bisexual. The, it's not in the continuity. Are like the Marvel one that counts is six six oh six. Well, I I was gonna say because well you say that now, Sai, and now I have to kind of agree with you because whenever I scroll down to the P, all of them are Peter Parker. All of them are Peter Parker from different Earths, from mm. different dimensions. So. Mm-hmm. Where's your pink kryptonite at? Because there it is. Oh my god. <laughs> Scott right. Summers is bisexual in one universe. Oh, see, okay. but look how you have to make yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. They're like, oh, in one uni- Yeah. In one universe. Well, honey, in one universe, we're all straight. Like. Okay, but here's the not. real. <laughs> here's the real question. Okay, one of the listings is Toad, and here's the thing: I could never see anyone wanting to sleep with Toad. In any universe. In any so, universe. In any what, universe. Oh, God. Do you know what happens to a person who sleeps with a toad? The <laughs> they get warm. It happens, happens to, to everyone Eric else. else. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I got you. Listen, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the, uh, the original X-Men movies until First Class just ruined everything. And I lost track. I enjoyed, I enjoyed First Class. Sorry. It's not the First Class, though. It was <laughs> not the First Class. 99% hey, no. of it was not even the The one who class. had the adaption power, gay. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And they killed him off. They killed him off. Of course. So I was so mad. I was so I'm raising my finger, Darwin. America, at the camera. Yes. I don't know if we'll ever get a video version of this out, but yes, yes. we are we are pointing at each other and praise. Yes. And then it's like also the Cameron. Oh, continue. Sigh. Continue. Oh, no. I was just about to say the new mutants. Oh, I haven't I, seen that. Movie. I have not. Ex- yeah, well, no, but they, uh, Macy, she's supposed to be the gay one in it, right? Because she's um, one of them is. It's either Danny Moonstar 
Ooh. Not Rain Sinclair, but I know whoever Macy is playing, like they were trying to say that like her character was going to be I think Macy is playing Rain. Am, am I am I correct? Oh, they may be I doing something so. in her. Because like one of they were like hinting heavily at one of them like being queer, but it wasn't a dude. It was Cannonball, even though yeah. his the... name is Cannonball. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me put that on let me put that on jacked. Cannonball. <laughs> Um, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, <laughs> late America. I know. <laughs> here we go. Here, I'll set you up. Here we go, America. Here's the gayest superhero name you'll ever hear: Cannonball. <laughs> 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 Thank you, uh, Sai, uh, for our. Was... <laughs> shout out to Sai for being our resident sound man tonight. Appreciate it, sound person tonight. We appreciate it. Okay, it's all right. I'm here. I got y'all. Whenever I'm like not gay in the chair, like I'm like can reach over because you know queers don't sit right, America. So it's uh, like, no, it's like oh, wait. it's gonna pop over. Goodness. Anyway, okay. okay, the Jacob. last no, Jacob. Did you have something else to say? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna close out the whole Marvel conversation by being the Capricorn in the room. Go ahead. Um, and saying that Cameron, if you didn't enjoy first class, well. Nobody cares, America. Uh, you you vape your vape and <laughs> and blow your smoke and in it, my face. And this and this is and this is how I'm never invited back on the show again, everybody. And Jacob disappears from the Zoom call. <laughs> well, he is his own soundboard, so why bother? You go, Jacob. <laughs> Thank you. The last, okay. the last superhero, supervillain character I want to—that's on my list that I want to shout out—is Batwoman from DC. Yes, yes. Who originally was brought into the D- the Batman universe in 1956 to silence uh, the critics who were claiming that Batman and Robin had too much of a gay relationship. So they brought in women into the universe to help make Batman and Robin not seem so gay, which is pretty funny only for in 2006 for them to uh, label her as a lesbian. And uh, she was in the military and then had to leave the military because of don't ask, don't tell. So I think that's a, I I think she has made a pretty uh, well-known mark in the uh, queer world of comics. Go ahead, Jacob. I was going to say that's pretty neat. Also kind of disrespectful that they were going to make Ruby Rose play her. Um, but um yeah um yeah. someone who can't act but um yeah. yeah no i was gonna say it's really funny that you say that cameron i didn't know that she was introduced into canon that early because for the like during the 60s for the batman tv show the only female character other than like you know uh catwoman mm-hmm. played by the incredible eartha kit eartha kit eartha kit um, well, she was later replaced, but anyway, Eartha Kitt's the only one for me, but, um, <laughs> they had, uh, Batman's aunt was living in Wayne Manor. I did not know if y'all knew that, but Batman's aunt lived there also. It was kind of like an Andy Griffith situation. In the comics um, or the show? In the show. Oh. In the TV show. His old aunt, I can't even oh. remember her name, but. Oh, we're talking West about, one, right? yeah, Adam West. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. speaking of Batman and mm-hmm. his aunt, isn't it? I'm pretty sure Alfred is now canon as being gay, I believe. I might oh. have seen that passing. I could be wrong. Don't, no one here's, come at me if Alfred's not gay. Here's my note on that. Here's my note on that. Okay, going yeah. forward. 
creators out there in America mm-hmm. and all across the world, because I'm sure the Petri dish has reached international audiences by now. We did hit Canada. Uh, yes. I'm looking right now, <laughs> but keep, go ahead, Jacob, keep talking. I love that we're getting more representation in media and mass media. However, don't turn characters that were not gay before into gay characters with the snap of your fingers. Invent new mm-hmm. gay characters that are authentically queer and have an authentically queer story. Can we get an applause somewhere in there? Sai <laughs> agreed 100%. There when it, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's a crowd sound, but yes, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's definitely one thing when you're trying to be performative, right? And trying to please Because I don't by. give a sh- I don't give a shit about Alfred. Honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, I love Alfred. Don't get me wrong, but like I hear you. Alfred I hear being you. Gay, Alfred being gay has nothing to do with the story at large. That that bears no, that has no weight. That gives the character uh, no more weight. Yeah. You know, that's, like, that's a great point. It's performative. You're shoehorning, and it's like at the end of the day, like you said, who gives a fuck? And you can't just reverse. You can't retcon real time. In, in the in the real people, world. yeah, right. And see, oh, right. Diverse the whole time. We just didn't really know. No, yeah. no, no. Because that that in itself is is teaching people a narrative that does not need to be the case. Yeah, right? it's yeah. very much like oh, let's let's just pretend we've always been allied to the to the right. No, you need to mm-hmm. own up fucking truth, which is that all y'all was just. Like, even with Kate Kane and Batwoman and the controversy with her comic, like, the creators who did the newer version of her that, you know, has spawned into the TV show and whatnot, they left because they, like, DC refused to show the wedding of Kate Kane. Oh, wow. I forget the girl, she the woman she was in love with in the the comics. But... The artist who did that, J.H. Williams, was like, whoa, well, fuck y'all. You didn't really mean it. I'm out. Exactly. Mm. Performative. 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 Any other uh, last notes or shout outs before we move on to the next category? Now that we have spent a wholesome hour on superheroes, I love it. Oh, yeah, no, we can go. (laughs) <laughs> we uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so category of heroes and villains is now closed next category tv and movies and we've kind of gone around but like yeah. are there any are there any i have a few are there any tv characters or movie characters that either helped you come out or oh um, wait. helped, okay, helped you up. feel oh, oh okay never mind oh, y'all ready oh. for something else <laughs> or wait, helped you no, feel seen never mind. Okay, wait. Huh? Well, what were y'all thinking? We can talk. We can go back to that I, later. I was just going to bring up Steven Universe and how okay. incredible Steven Universe is at portraying real queer identity in general. I mean, not only queer relationships, but queer identity in all of its forms, romantic or otherwise. Sure. Um, all of the uh, all of the crystal gems are female presenting. Um, however, which with that comes, you know, if they're in a romantic relationship, you know, it's implied like, oh, like they're in a queer relationship, even though Stephen's mom, Rose Quartz, was, uh, you know, all about, well, it's all about Greg Universe. So she lay, she did lay with a man, um, different, <laughs> I mean, represent like fusions, fusions in and of themselves, like Garnet is a fusion of Ruby and Sapphire who are deeply in love. And, you know, whenever the 
a great a great analogy that Steven Universe, you know, presents for queer youths and queer adults like me whenever I was watching it, um, is that whenever they're broken, they recreate themselves, basically. Mm. Oh, you know that part. That's good. They reinvent themselves. They go away and they mm-hmm. reinvent themselves. Yes. Generous. Child, my entire Saturn <laughs> return right there. Uh, right? Right? <laughs> Me disappearing, Pre- figuring Pre- out what I believe and what I don't care to hear what other people believe. You know, anyway. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Let it out. Let it out. Um, um, now, this show did not age well, the one I'm about to bring up. So I'm not necessarily giving it praise now. Sides <laughs> look like, what? Um, but one character or two characters, I should say that helped me come out to myself, honestly, and to kind of see myself represented, even though it was two, two white boys, but, um, Kurt and Blaine from Glee. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all didn't know know where I was about to go with that. No harm, no foul. No harm, no foul. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, gone. Sorry, checked out. Okay, listen, listen. Uh, okay, so like freshman year of college, I was not even out to myself yet. I mean, he said, well, clearly you're Kurt. Ever relate to Kurt and Blaine is a Kurt. I am Blaine. No, I'm oh, no, actually, I was I was into Blaine. Some- I wanted Blaine. I was into punk. Wait, give me a picture of the boyfriend. I've yet to see the boyfriend. Jacob, what does the boyfriend look like? Does he look like does he look like Blaine? He looks it's Darren Chris. Right, right, Isn't right, 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 right. Does he look like Darren Chris? Oh my boyfriend? Oh. No, he doesn't. His yeah. boyfriend, no, no. Let me see the picture of the boyfriend. The boyfriend's got pretty blue eyes, and Darren Chris doesn't have blue eyes. His his boyfriend looks like his boyfriend looks like a happy German barman. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll appreciate that. <laughs> Anyway, yes, show what's the husband. Would, would you like some streusel? Yeah. <laughs> oh, would you like a good rolling z hay? Listen, I saw on YouTube before I came out to myself, I saw Kurt saying, I want to hold your hand from the Beatles. And it kind of just like set it, it, it gave me it some. Did? It really, That's it was weird. It I think he was singing it to his dad. I can't remember How which that you? that no, we're not that's not teenage dream moment. No, Party. that was much later. But it that got me the fan trailers. I had that, that that hadn't even aired yet. That was two or three seasons later. Honey. Of course that's I was into Blaine. Of course I had not ever seen the show and I had not come out to myself yet. I came across Kurt singing I want to hold your hand on YouTube, which helped me get some perspective of my own. I mean, of course, on top of other people in my life being like, you know what? If a if you walk like a duck and quack like a duck, you might be a duck, you know. <laughs> but anyway, we're both not coming back on this show now. Um <laughs> No, I mean, Glee Glee did not age Glee did not age well, especially with like its representation of like trans people and things. It's helped you come out. Hey, you know what? Whatever helps. You know what I mean? Whatever I so. whatever helps. Yes, honey. I. I well, I'll just won't even talk about uh, the whole segment. No, keep going, <laughs> keep going, keep going. Because we no, that there. was it. That's all. I, I don't need to. Oh, I don't need oh, to defend myself oh. anymore. <laughs> I. I was just gonna say. <laughs> so I, was I, gonna say <laughs> I. 
I wish that I had something like that, but I never really had any queer characters or anything on TV where I was like, oh, that's definitely going to help me. Like, no, my my whole coming out experience was like me riddled with anxiety um, <laughs> and nothing would make that feel better. So like, it was just like, oh, well, you know, it was more so like, oh, I want to be like, the, I mean, you know, for me, even like considering being in a rom- like a romantic, like serious relationship with a man was something that I couldn't see until after I got into college. And by that right, point, yeah. it was like, I didn't really have any, anything that I could say like, oh yeah, that, that right there, that's what I want. It was mostly just straight couples, you know? And that's, yeah. and that's what I'm trying to, that's what I'm kind of trying to get at is that like, I had not experience any feelings within myself where I looked at a, a fellow man and said, Oh, I actually had a crush on, I have a crush on you until that, that freshman year of college. And that's when the same time Kurt and Glee was going on was, Ooh, I'm aging myself was my freshman year of college. <laughs> okay. All right. So, well, then, okay. okay. Yeah. That's valid. So back up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> because you don't see his face america (laughs) i guess it was the way that blaine like protected kurt and like kept bullies away it was like oh my god i think i need that anyway well yes we did well honey okay so then let's talk about the truth of that what we really wanted in that (laughs) here comes all wanted someone to help us yes we all wanted a blaine we all wanted Mm -hmm. let's look at what blaine was decent he was decent he was handsome he was charming he was like kind yeah and what we and fictional because (laughs) (laughs) real gay men don't don't exist like that (laughs) we don't don't. not until we we learned that this is what we wanted the whole time which was safety we wanted somebody to make us feel safe who would protect us and isn't that a dang shame that that's like something you had to discover as a fully grown adult human, yeah. right? This will be our one awe moment. But like, <laughs> but that's like, and I don't have an awe sound or else I'd play it. But like, oh, <laughs> oh, but then, but then that's why representation is so important. Is like you go this entire, you go your entire lives, mm. and like you don't see someone just defend you. What does it do to you as a person? I mean, come on. How could you ever come out to yourself if you're like, well, what happens? I just get attacked and I have to like do all this and I ain't got nobody who's going to do it with me. You know? Yes, so, I do. Okay. <laughs> I do. It was all right. That was a, that was a little soft spot. Okay. Uh, I'll, shout out to the audience. Uh, Sai has a history and uh, uh experience in child psychiatry so is is that is that the accurate way to put that more like it's like behavior science okay um, okay yeah, yeah you can just always wrap it up in mental health yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll talk about that at the end when we bring up your podcast <laughs> oh you poor thing now i just want to give him a hug uh, <laughs> oh blame was, was the first person that curtain be okay that's <laughs> That's what Blaine was. You can forget Kurt. We all know it was Blaine. Yes. <laughs> I guess I am the Kurt in that situation, but anyway. But now you're the Blaine. Now I'm. <laughs> mm-hmm. now I'm trying Blaine. to get this body to look like Darren Chris's. We'll we'll get there. I have six months until I'm thirty, and the goal is to lose the gut and get a butt. Hey. <laughs> it's not always the goal. It's not Isn't always, it the, always goal? the goal. But you yes. know what? You got to work with what your mama gave you. Amen. Amen. Yep. 
<laughs> she gave me she gave me a lot of mashed potatoes and biscuits as I was as a kid. <laughs> you just, wait, you got to do a little Ursula. Learn body language. <laughs> body language. <laughs> it always comes okay. back to Ursula, but it anyhow. Does, though. It um, does. Okay, so thanks, Cleek. <laughs> um, other shows that I have on my list: um, Pose. Obviously, yes. it's a great show and great yeah. representation for the ballroom scene, trans people of color, all people of color, really, um, in, in the queer world and in the ballroom scene. I've I finished season one. I have not had a chance to get to season two, but. OK, so I got to be honest with Pose. OK, tell us. I love that show dearly. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to watch for me. It okay. is so hard to watch. There was because I'm really trying to think of shows that help me come out. But like Jay, I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, I said, I don't need no show. Right. It was more like, it was more like, well, now I kind of did need a lot of direction. It's just, it just wasn't me represented. Right. And right. So finally seeing it was like. Dear me, I've been trying to find you. To make small yet powerful changes. Sorry. Sweetie, we're all learning. And all the time. Okay. What we can do is apply that concept of reinforcement um, and trying to increase our quote unquote good or adaptive or functional helpful behaviors. When you see it of earth you want. Take it, child, and make it come alive. Time makes it harder, but it also makes it worth it. Hello, everybody. The following is a small list of places you can donate for black lives and the lives of all people of color all across the United States. National Bailout, The Bail Project, Mutual Aid, The Navajo Water Project, My Block, My Hood, My City, Resist, Black Table Arts, Embrace Race, Social Justice Learning Institute, Black Feminist Project, Integrate NYC, Black Girls Code, Pretty Brown Girl, The Winter Institute, Ramp Your Voice with Velissa, Autistic People of Color Fund, Sins Invalid, ACLU, Black Lives Matter Global Network, Color of Change Education Fund, Anti-Racism Fund, The Refugee Dream Center, Alliance to Mobilize Our Resistance, Black Voters Matter Fund, The Collective Political Action Committee, The National Police Accountability Project, Campaign Zero, Communities United for Police Reform, Equal Justice Initiative, No New Jails NYC, Anti-Recidivism Coalition, Legal Rights Center, Transgender Law Center Black LGBTQIA Plus Migrant Project, Up Against the Law Legal Collective, Black Trans Advocacy Coalition, The Okra Project, Brave Space Alliance, Trans Justice Funding Project, The Loveland Foundation, Black Women for Wellness, National Queer and Trans Therapists of Color Network, National Black Disability Coalition, Sister Song, Navajo and OB Families COVID-19 Relief Fund, Orinda Tribe COVID Response, and Dinahisoto Families COVID-19 Relief Fund. There are many, many more, and they all need our help. So donate, volunteer, and do what you can for the future of people of color in this country. 
if the system won't, we will. Because none of us are free until all of us are free. Welcome back to the Pride episode of The Petri Dish. Before we go, I wanted to give my special guests a chance to talk about their respective podcasts because they are both worth listening to. You need to go check them out. Uh, let's start with Jacob. Jacob, if you would tell the, I mean, you've done this before on this, on this uh, show. <laughs> but if you could uh, just remind everyone about your podcast and what it's about, please. So I host a weekly podcast where right now we're on a break between seasons, but uh, I host Out in the Woods. It's a weekly podcast where um, I interview different people uh, in the queer community who are specifically from the Southeastern United States, the Bible Belt, um, or people who are queer who are transplanted to the Bible Belt and have become immersed in our murky culture. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, no, because it's uh, my biggest thing is my biggest mission statement is just to let uh, a lot of different voices and perspectives be heard because, you know, uh, in America in general, and I guess across the world, you know, it's uh, it's not easy being queer. Mm. Um, you're, you don't always get taken seriously. And then to add being from the South on top of that, well, you know, you have a lot of you have a lot of external enemies and a lot of uh, enemies within your own ranks as well. So you know, just yeah. a lot of education, getting perspectives. You know, representation matters. It does. Humanizing yes. people matters. So yeah, yes. that's what that's what I'm all about. That's what Out in the Woods is all about. And uh, yeah, every now and then I'll get egotistical and do just an episode of me talking. <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> Meanwhile, Petrie's over here just always talking to himself. <laughs> Uh, and Sai and I have both been on separate episodes of Out in the Woods. So if you want to hear yes, our, our because perspectives. It's quality. And that's what we, we stand quality. We stand quality. <laughs> I only have quality guests on my program. I don't know why you've had me twice, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. I need to have Sai on for a Sweet Tea episode. That would be a oh, lot for of sure. fun. Oh, yes. That for would sure, be so much sure. fun. Sure. Just invite us all back and we'll just be the gay super friends reunited. Yes. <laughs> yes. We love a menage a trois. <laughs> the gay powers activate. <laughs> yes. Well, speaking of the spectacular Sai, Sai, if you would, uh, let the Petri Dish listeners know about your podcast so you want to be a better ally. Let us know about it. Okay, well, so my show, thank you so much, Petri, for letting me plug it right quick. Just plug it in places we all plug want. Plug it in, plug it in. Plug it in. Mm, mm, um, mm. It's a mouthful of a name, too. <laughs> you want to be <laughs> I like, you want to be a better ally. But I know I had to switch it to a different soundboard. <laughs> the people are cleaning the place where I'm at. Anyway. Anyway, so my show is all about kind of what the name suggests, which is why I made it so simple and clean, but also long and a mouthful. Um, but the way I go about that topic is entirely different from any show that you've ever heard before and that is my goal i am yes tongue pop um i am not i'm not a i'm not a regular podcast i'm an experience um, <laughs> that's like, not an understatement that's like not that's not overstated like that's really that's really what each and every episode is yeah it's got some cred for sure 
it is so you know and because like all three of us here that you're listening to started off with no training in this specifically you know we would because fabulous is in our genetics and you know the rest was taught in a theater class but like yes (laughs) the whole podcasting bit no so like as i was like discovering my journey and like you know in podcasting and literally trying to find my voice like my show had to find that voice with me so Mm -hmm. literally every single episode you will hear from my show is like entirely different i'll sound like an underground radio in one episode i'll have an audio play featuring some of our friends that we know on this show um in another my most recent episode sounds like a whole freaking star trek episode mm-hmm. um i'm constantly making soundscapes i'm working with music i'm totally trying to immerse you in a story because honestly i learned like kind of like petrie i have a background in religious stuff too um and like the best way to teach people is with the story that's why jesus did it mm, so come on my favorite yeah. my favorite thing about religion as a kid was the stories but anyway keep going you know it's true though yeah my favorite thing about religion too was all the stories and it's like well okay yeah it was a bit long-winded but you remembered what it meant you know the good samaritan is at the top of my brain so i constantly use stories to teach my audience um hopefully allyship tips that any race creed gender could like use and mm-hmm, like, for sure the catalyst of all of it is using a kid's book um yeah. as the launch pad for said stories so yeah that's me yeah um, I, I would like to personally shout out your last episode at the time of this recording letters to a world without danger such a good uh podcast just I personally know the 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 glow up that came be- right before so I got some updates to his gear and things and just to hear how much passion he puts into his work is just top notch Jacob as well, of course Jacob. I wish I had Jacob's ability to uh, not be so nervous talking to people because that's why I talk that's why a lot of my episodes are just me myself and I because I'm so nervous <laughs> talking to people, but both of you um, just so passionate with each of your podcasts I love them both so so much but uh, at this moment (laughs) because i want to talk about how much i love jacob's podcast because my look out of the three of us okay so petrie it's the joy and the laughter (laughs) (laughs) i try to keep it yeah i try to keep it like you said where everyone can come in and it's it's about all the entertainment that we all love right but Mm -hmm. enough about me but right, because you too. But, but no, but Blossom is Jacob because yeah. it's the leader because Jacob <laughs> has the most material out of all of us, y'all. Like mm-hmm. he has the most, like, and then has consistently come up with like other ways to rebrand himself and to show. So the sweet tea episodes, like you mentioned, are different yeah. from the regular ones. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have it, and like I don't know how the this bull gets guessed. <laughs> I gave up. Yes, exactly. I don't, I gave up. I just got actors instead. And even then it's hard to get them on my show. You know, so kudos to you, Jacob, because the whole booking. um, And the different perspectives. Oh, no, go, sorry, go ahead. Perspectives. No, the different perspectives. I was about to say not the scripting, but like, like the boy does his homework. Like he Mm -hmm. gets, he researches these people. He sends you the questions the night before at the latest. Mm -hmm. And like, is prepared like he is getting paid to do it and y'all <laughs> none of us is getting paid to do this so you know throw my people some coin 
When we all finally get our coins, it's over for these hoes. It's over, over for these hoes. Yeah. Absolutely. But, but no, let me let me just say I I love that even though I the thing is, you know, Sai on your episode where I had you on, you know, whenever I heard, first heard your podcast. I was like, well, shit, this guy has it all figured out. I might as well phone it in and just go home. But then the reality of the situation is that, you know, Cy has a completely different podcast than I do. And Cameron, you have a completely different podcast than either of us has. Mm -hmm. And yet somehow it just, it speaks to the ingenuity of what we do and how driven we are. I think maybe it's because we're winter babies, but you know, I mean- and queer <laughs> specific specifically queers from a theater background because literally we didn't know what we were doing we just made it work we just made that it work part. and we and we we had a vision and we're making we're trying to manifest our visions as much as we can as best as we can oh come through all right usually mm -hmm. i have the good sappy mental health like say, <laughs> but okay shook it uh I would like to point out, I would like to plug uh, Jacob's episode with with Cy as well, because hearing that's the first time I was ever introduced to Cy in any way, and hearing how he has influenced so many people with his heart, honestly, and mm -hmm. his love mm -hmm. for children, and his love for people, and doing everything to understand people from all kinds of backgrounds, you know, I, I hearing that perspective and just how to us as white people like, you know me and jacob as white people how to be better allies in, in on a day-to-day -day, uh perspective you know what i mean just uh side does a very good job at that so toughest fighter <laughs> <laughs> wait are we the powerpuff girls did i we just are. figure that out i just we are. That. i just caught that wait which one am i which one bubbles Ooh. honey Bubbles. <laughs> it didn't click. I don't know. Jacob with his currently blonde hair, I think he'd be more bubbles. <laughs> it's got a reddish tint. I could be Blossom. Blossom. I see that. Yeah, anywhere. Yeah. That would make you mm -hmm. Buttercup, Ty. Yeah, that time is, Yeah, you missed it all. You're the joy and the laughter. Jacob's the Oh, winner. I got it. Size like ketchup, honey. Power pose, save the day. Boom, 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 boom. I keep taking it. I'm telling you. Spe specifically love whenever they rebranded themselves how buttercup was just like a spawn knockoff yeah <laughs> love. i love how this is i love how this has turned to a powerpuff podcast <laughs> i mean it's it fits in your show and look in petri just to give you your blessings you oh, know no. we, we're defining ourselves and whatnot you know um and and like you're getting you're getting like more polished version like this is kind of like jacob i feel like we've gone into our gems and come back yes a couple times at this point and he yes. is, you are cotton candy version of garnet who is just like oh look at this new version of me so it's just yes. it's been infectious to be with you on your journey as you were just discovering yourself so i just wanted to leave you with one of my favorite poems from a wonderful german poet named Rainer maria roca who says i want to unfold i do not want to stay folded because where I am folded, there I am a lie. Mm. Oh my mm. God. Mm. God. I, I was just about to say, you know, Cameron, you know, Cameron's podcast is also Cameron's podcast is all about, you know, pop culture. 
your podcast, Sai, is all about spreading awareness through the magic of storytelling. And mine is all about, you know, talking about your trauma and crying. So um, I didn't know people. that I was going to be, I was going to say, I didn't know that I was going to be crying on Cameron's podcast after this poem, but here I am just like, wow, <laughs> we don't cry here on the Petri dish. <laughs> We don't cry. <laughs> that would that would contaminate whatever's in the dish. <laughs> no more sodium. Yeah, whatever more sodium. is, yeah, I guess it's that protein in that dish. That, that protein. <laughs> well, now that we have uh, given each other the respective praise that we all deserve, frankly, um, mm -hmm. I wanted to close by asking you both the cliche question of what does Pride Month mean to you i have some answers that i'll save from after you two get to get a chance to go but if either one of you have an answer right off the bat um what does what does pride month mean to you that's how you go <laughs> i will say it means silence <laughs> for me i'll 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 start <laughs> crickets for me I'll, I'll i guess i'll start to kind of give us an example um pride month means a lot to me it, speaking of silence, um, it's June is not only Pride Month, but it's the month of Juneteenth. It's the month of what is the name of it? It, it just happened. Um, the first interracial couple was allowed to get married in June. June for me represents a time where people who have not had the representation they deserve finally get to have that representation. And, and this particular Pride Month for me has been a learning curve for me to uh, not take so personally <laughs> the uh, backlash and the frankly hatred and bigotry that comes from people who are not on our side in a lot of these these topics and issues. And it's <laughs> it's been a time where I have found myself just reflecting on my own emotions as far as people in my life that aren't always on my side and uh, <laughs> where I place my my heart and my emotions and my trust in people. It's this particular one has been a, a little touchy for me, but mm -hmm. this month for me means uh, freedom and uh, power for those who who um, are striving for it. That's that's my take. So. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did that help either one? <laughs> Sorry. That did. That did. That did. Sai, do you want me to go? Do you still need time to fill my... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, okay, so, you know, I, I'm one of those people that I'm like, every month should be Pride Month. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like, yeah. every month should be Black History Month. You know, like, right. we, should feel, we should feel empowered enough to be completely open and free at all times of the year. However... I acknowledge that like, you know, we're kind of just set up in the system that we are. So within the confines mm -hmm. of that system, I would like to say that for me, Pride Month is about saying yes. Pride Month is about letting everybody in. You know, whenever, you know, there was a big controversy this year about like, no kink at Pride, no kink at Pride. But like, the thing is, you know, pride can be whatever you make it, in my opinion. I think right. pride should be whatever you make it. And I think that as time is going on, pride should be how I envision pride, which is everybody, no matter what race, color, you know, uh, background, like sexually, romantically, 
gender wise, whatever, should yeah. be able to come together and celebrate together in freedom. Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, it's the beginning of summer, you know, all the flowers are in bloom, the sun's out, you know, I, I think it's a time to feel empowered and feel just feel good. And I think that's what Pride Month should be about is just feeling good. Absolutely. Uh, and it's a time of unity and inclusivity, you know. Rather, I, yeah, I, it should be. It, it should, should be. be yeah. Yes. I find out every year that there's people in, in my life that don't need to be in my life that are not inclusive. <laughs> so. And and the thing is, and the thing is, on that note, Cameron, let me impasse this upon to you. If they don't pay your bills, they don't deserve your pay time. Them or no your mind. Yep. Pay them no mind. Pay them no mind. Like, honestly, the thing is, oh, oh one more thing about Pride Month for me. Sure. I think if anything, if I truly believe that, like, every every day should be Pride, I think that if we're going to have one specific month, it should be a, not only going farther than we've come before, but also remembering and acknowledging where we've come from. Absolutely. Um, because I think... I think that there's so much that we've gone through to bring us where we are today and so much that sometimes we forget to appreciate, you know? 100%, um, yes, absolutely. And people that we forget to appreciate too, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Shout out to all those that have fought for the progression that we that we have so desire and the freedoms that we work so hard for. Shout out to those who have lost their lives, those yes. who have paved the way um yes we'll talk about that i'll talk about that in a, in a different segment but yes right. absolutely absolutely and and america just so you know a corporation can't tell you who you are so uh that don't part. don't don't believe don't believe a corporation whenever they tell you anything they just want your money so here we go <laughs> that part side the <laughs> side, side, side there's some things going on in the back. time is up side time is we're up good. we're good we're good. We're good. Yeah, you were seeing the. Oh, oh. I'm okay. So we'll just talk about that after it rings. But okay. But um, to add on to such deeply affecting words, you know, for starters, Pride Month then to me for the last time it was a disgrace. It's something I didn't really want to associate with, right? Because there's two. I already have mine, right? Like I have my Black History Month, right? Like, yeah, you know. I already have to be reminded how black I am during Black History Month, right? Oh, um, I see, I see. So it's like, you know, for Pride Month, I was like, I don't need to identify with this because I don't even know if I really identify with this culture, with these people. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm really not. I'm really, there I am folded, right? I'm still being a lie. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay, okay, yeah, no. But because it wasn't even so much the sleeping with men thing, so much as the accepting yourself. Like it, like Pride Month to me means accept that you're going to be coming out even more. Like coming out as a nerd, coming out to yourself over and over yeah. and over again. That's the unfolding bit that I love yeah. in that poem so much. I was like, okay, no, I really need to like accept all these things about myself. And this is a month that definitely throws all of it in my face. And now I love it because it's a celebration of all these questions that I've ever had about myself. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, I can wrap this up with another quote. Um, hold on. Please. Have it too. By the same author. Uh, let's see, Rilke, who you would know from, if you've ever heard of the book, Letters to a Young Poet. Um, same dude wrote it. Um, okay. 
this was given to me by my therapist because we were talking about mental health in the break. And I just wanted to give this out there for everyone. And I think that's a great, like this is a great pride message too, but it's, um, I beg you to have patience with everything unresolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves as if they were locked behind doors, as if they were hidden from view like books written in a very foreign language. Don't search for the answers which could not be given to you now because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. And perhaps someday far in the future, you will live yourself into the answer. Mm. 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 Snaps. Snaps. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> yes. We're silently uh, clapping for each other. Go watch Legendary. Go watch so you want to be a legend or a statement <laughs> or a star? Poke <laughs> away, Patriot. Oh, no. Oh, I'm not, I have, no. I have not earned my Vogan card. Absolutely not. I will not claim Ooh. that. <laughs> also, I, I haven't seen Pose, but I will say, um, if if either of you have not watched the movie Paris is Burning yet. Oh, there you go. On the list, yes. On there the list, go. go go watch it. It is such, it's so worth it. So worthwhile. Yes. On that and entertaining, note, oh, anyway, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Um, any other last minute shout outs or uh, uh, as Jacob says on his uh, podcast, philanthropic philanthropic opportunities philanthropic opportunity that is a tongue twister that you slay every episode <laughs> it is that is tough actually and he mm. does do it every single episode he doesn't pre-record that america no no um, <laughs> <Tone> so, america <laughs> so also canada also germany also um mar mauritius mauritius Less than 1%, it's a red, blue, yellow, and green flag. M-A-U-R-I-T-I-U-S. Wherever that is. Mauritius? Mauritius. Mauritius? I am not familiar with this place, but thank you to those who are listening. Thank you, Maurice. (laughs) Thank you to those in those lands listening to us on the Future Dish. But anywho, any last minute shout outs before I let you guys go? We're only... 13 minutes over the time I gave. So any last minute shout outs, uh, plugs, um, words of encouragement you want to give to the listeners, anything? <laughs> crickets. So I said crickets. He said, let me go. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, on that note, thank you both so much for joining me here. Please go listen to both of their podcasts. I'll, I'll do a formal plug of the podcast in the outro, but thank you both so much for joining me it has been a pleasure talking to you both about pride and our favorite queer icons i love you both so much thank you both for taking time out of your day to come and talk to us here on the petri dish thank you so much for joining us here for our pride episode here on the petri dish please make sure to follow and subscribe to jacob's podcast out in the woods and size podcast so you want to be a better ally wherever you listen to your podcast go they're so good they're so worth it you will learn you will experience you will appreciate go listen to both of their podcasts you can follow the petri dish 
at Instagram at the Petri Dish, or you can follow me personally at cpetrio. You can also send the Petri Dish a message at anchor.fm slash the Petri Dish. You can leave us a voice message there that can be used on further episodes of the Petri Dish, or you can send us an email at the Petri Dish podcast at gmail.com. Please make sure to follow and subscribe to The Petri Dish wherever you listen to your podcast to be notified when new episodes come out in July. I plan on putting out an episode on the one, the only, Mark Hamill and his amazing work as an actor and voice actor. Be sure to check that out in July. And with that, our episode on Pride has come to a close. Thank you once again for joining us here on The Petri Dish. Until next time, goodbye.